Well, that was a couple tremendous fail- failures in a row. And I guess what happens when that you're was, like, you know, <laughs> don't, don't in do a row there. Weeks. My goodness. Goodness and gracious. Then I, you want to, you tried- want to go back to bed? And I tried to start. Jeez, yeah. I'm gonna start back this morning. And then I tried to, to text. We have a private chat in addition to the chat that you fair users, and by users, I mean there are zero people. There's a Heath um that are watching. Um, and I didn't even put the message in the private chat. I just put it for all you to see to see it. So there you go. You had to click live twice. Didn't know that until the third time around. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact for you folks. Um, but yes, Vito, we, we are back after what, a uh, month and a half? I think it was three weeks. I think it was three weeks? Yeah, about three weeks off there. Uh, life got a little hectic for, for the, the Vito and Stieg show. Um, mm-hmm. So we, uh, we took a little hiatus there as uh, we delved into our, our real life jobs and shit that we have to do every single day. But nonetheless, we are back tonight. Mm-hmm. With another edition of the USF Roundup, uh, the uh, the late May, the the May edition, which is recapping uh, very quickly everything that's happened over the last three weeks. But more importantly, Vito, what's uh, what's been going on recently? How's how's life been treating you besides hectic? Oh, you know we're 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 having a good time. Molly and I are catching up on a bunch of TV shows we missed out during Italy when we're not working and uh, just working a lot of shows. We put up a musical at USF and some people said they saw it and they really enjoyed it. There were a lot of good, a lot of big houses, but hey, we move on. We we, we do work. We grind out. We do a good thing. So there you go. Yeah, we're, we're, we're always grinding here at the uh, in the Daily Stampede and on the uh, USF Roundup. We're grinding, grinding 24 seven, 365 every day, baby. And as they say, when USF football gets a first down, keep climbing. So, Steve, what about you? I hate it. How are you, what are you I hate that to? every time, too. Um, <laughs> oh, God, it's it's been like nonstop. I, I hate how social I am sometimes because I get like in these moods of like doing a lot of things of like just various capacities of, uh, of how, how like, you know, work keeps me busy. And then I get the idea that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to run a 5K. I'm going to train for that. And then, oh, yeah, I have like two birthdays to celebrate and a wedding to go to. And then, and then, and then, so like my life just at, at points, like I'll do nothing for like a week and I'll be like, fuck this. I need to do something. And then I do things for like a month and then I'm like, fuck this. I want to do nothing. And then I just go back and forth. And so besides the, the wedding and uh, the birthday celebrations and the, uh, <laughs> every, the spring game and, and everything else that have been going on for the last couple of weeks, we're also planning a trip to to Europe uh, here at the end of this month. So trying to keep all of that stuff organized at the same time as everything else that's going on um, needed, needed some time, uh, needed some free Mondays every once in a while. And let, let me tell you, Steeg, I live vicarious through you and your Instagram stories because sometimes I'm like, man, you did you did a wedding that day. And then the next day you're at Disney partying for a birthday and then you have to go to work the next day. I'm like, man, I can't. I'm not trying to say I'm an old guy, but man, that's hard to do. So I live vicariously through you and uh, Paige, who always seem to have a good time. But like you said, sometimes you just need to, uh, you, something's got to give. So sometimes we just, uh, we, we would try to get this show going. We'd even do all the research and be like, yeah, this isn't happening. How about tomorrow? Oh, I can't do tomorrow. How about the next day? Oh, I can't do it. And a couple times it was literally the day of, like, I just have to now work a show. So, hey, sometimes it happens, but we're back. And I want to talk more about your Europe trip, but we won't waste any time here on the USF Roundup. It's going to be May edition. We're going to do a separate chat for that to talk about 
where you're going in Europe and how fun that's going to be. Because in Europe- fact, you know, we have an entire Discord filled with special interest chats that people can can waltz on in on, talk about TVs and movies and dogs and traveling and all that stuff. So if you're interested in, in joining the USF or excuse me, the Daily Stampede Discord, where we also provide nuggets of information about USF athletics that we accumulate through various means, whether it's myself or Sean or, or Colin coming in from the rafters to drop on campus stadium <laughs> uh, information. You know, we, 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 we provide, I think, everything and anything that you would need, including ways to get tickets to USF sporting events. Or if you want to just vent about politics for 30 minutes, we have a chat for that. You know, we, we try to make this as welcoming, especially with how Twitter's been, uh, you know, on the decline recently. So we always try to make sure that we uh, provide good content for you all, a good uh, space for everyone to communicate and, and be around. And then Heath also just absolutely ruins a channel uh, every other day whenever it's a holiday, <laughs> which uh, they're fantastic if you haven't read them, if you haven't received them. I, I hope that everyone receives a Heath copy pasta at some I- point in life. I'm so happy for those copy pastas, mostly because then I'm reminded there's a holiday. Because sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't know what Arbor Day was. <laughs> oh, Star, oh, Star Wars, Wars and Cinco. Oh, God. Paige, <laughs> we got a Star Wars and a Cinco de Mayo copy pasta coming from Heath soon. Oh, no. You know what's later on this month? Oh, no. Heath, no. What's later this month, Steve? <laughs> Memorial Day. No. Well, yes, oh. but uh, no. Mother's Day. Oh, yes. Oh, no. yes. Mommy's Day is coming up. We're not starting the month off right. <laughs> <laughs> Paige hates them. Uh, but yeah, so um, back to back to reality for a second, our, our, <laughs> where we suspend ourselves uh, from reality for a little bit in, in the Discord. Um, we do have some news to catch up on over the last couple of weeks. Um, particularly, we'll start with men's basketball. Um, since there's not too much going on there right now, but there's still some stuff to catch up on. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air right now when it comes to USF men's basketball. Um, currently, to kind of get backing on things, uh, current head coach, uh, Coach Amir Abdur-Rahim from Kennesaw State. We have that confirmed. And by confirmed, I mean on GoUSFBulls.com. When you go under staff, it's it's Coach Amir and then two graduate assistants, and that's kind of it right now. So, yes, I did that on purpose. Um, and there's been, uh, non-confirmed, but confirmed, uh, assistant coaches. So, uh, East Tennessee state's former head coach, Desmond Oliver will be joining uh, coach Amir's staff as well as William small and Ben Fletcher, who were the assistant head coaches, uh, with Amir over in Kennesaw state. So leading that into the next point i have heard some things and i haven't put this in the discord for a very good reason and that's because i know i i know in 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 Vito, you know me normally i'd put everything in there i need to get everything double sourced correct before i spill anything because this is information that i'm not privy to share but i'm going to do it now i have heard some things that the staff is going to be a little bit more fleshed out than your normal basketball staff in the last couple of years um, historically, it's been yeah, breaking news. Um, historically, you have head coach, you have associate head coach, then you have assistant coach, assistant coach, and assistant coach. So between three to four uh, assistant coaches at a time. I've heard it's going to be a little bit more fleshed out. There's going to be some more roles, more responsibilities. Uh, it's going to be pretty uh, akin to how Coach Golish has built out his staff. Um, if you've looked through uh, GoUSFWolves.com for 
uh, football. You'll notice that there are some rather unique titles uh, coming out uh, of the woodworks there. So one, for instance, is you know a director of internal recruiting um, for men's bat or for uh, for football. I've heard that there's going to be like a chief of staff uh, with men's basketball, and then a few positions under that, um, a few director of of operations, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's going to be a, a few more specialized uh, roles within USF men's basketball to give that program the support that it desperately needs. Because for as great as the Yingling Center is and how much money and how much uh, renovations they're putting into uh, making men's basketball uh, a premier thing in the Tempe area, they haven't exactly given it the staff uh, help that it's been needing over the last couple of years. Um, you know, Brian Gregory, it was, it was Brian Gregory and then four assistant coaches. So they fleshed out that swift that that assistant pool, uh, gave it a little bit more dough in it. Which, by the way, I'm going on a little tangent here. I have no idea where this money's coming from. I, I have no clue. I have no clue where they're paying for the stadium. I have no clue where they're paying for all these renovations they're doing. I have no clue how they're paying for all these staff members. There's a good chance that we're about to <laughs> make another staff change here in a little bit. I have no clue how they're going to pay for all of these fired coaches on top of uh, the new coaches that they're paying, but somehow they're paying it whomever is uh, the sugar daddy for USF, keep it going. I love it. Steve, don't ask too many questions as things go on, they go on and uh, we'll just uh, keep trucking along. I guess that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. We should be asking more questions, but I'm with you there. Who knows, but it's happening. Things are happening. Exactly. That's a good thing. I want to get with um, Seth Varnador at the Illuminati podcast. We do one of the big ones to discuss more about what, uh, the reasoning to having more of these assistant coaches and maybe having more of a recruiting staff is where uh, eventually we're going to be going in FBS because you have so much to do with retention and the portal. And it's three, you know, seven days a week, 365. It already was before. Now you have to double that. So having dedicated staffers is probably going to be a good thing. Now that's going right. to happen for the future of college sports. Exactly. And so for basketball, they, they, after all the exoduses and, and everything that happened, um, USF was left with three scholarship players on the roster. Um, Selton Miguel, Corey Walker, and Sam Hines were the three leftover players. Um, there's a reason why the three of them were leftover. Um, they're both juniors by credit who have transferred in. Uh, and according to the NCAA rules, they would have to get a waiver in order to transfer again, um, which that's just... I, it's not worth the pain and the hassle to go through for that. Um, you know, the grass might be greener for them, but at the same time, I, I think all three of those can be uh, likely big contributors for USF next year under uh, new head coach Amir Abdurrahim. Um, but nonetheless, everyone else that you have uh, been seeing over the last couple of years, they're gone. Um, there will be again, once again, no USF men's basketball player that has started and ended their collegiate basketball career at University of South Florida since Torlin Fitzpatrick. And I hope uh, at this point that's a record that stands for all of our lifetimes because that is <laughs> incredible. But also with, with basketball, changing changing from one program to the other, it seems to be easier transition. So, you know, right. figure out this isn't the right play style for you. You move on. Exactly. So no big deal. Um, shout out to Jameer Chaplin, who um, started and graduated, but has another year of eligibility. Had the COVID stuff not happened, he probably would be the uh, the new trivia fact for that. <clears throat> but uh, as far as the transfer portal uh, and, and recruiting goes, uh, Coach Jameer has been busy despite his staff, quote unquote, not being finalized. Um, three transfers from Kennesaw State uh, followed Coach Amir to USF. 
Uh, that's bringing Chris Youngblood, Brandon Stroud, and Kaysen Jennings over to uh, over to USF, over bringing them down to Tampa. And then over the past uh, week, uh, USF got an additional three commitments uh, from various levels. So the first one being Jose Placer from UNF, uh, guard transfer there. Uh, they got a center high school commit from the state of Iowa. Uh, his name is Tan- uh, Daniel Toby Loba. Uh, he is the former Kennesaw State commit, so he got an NLI release, was able to do it that way. And then uh, most recently, as of today, uh, USF got the uh, got a commitment from Kaysen Pryor, who is from JUCO. Uh, he led Northwest Florida State to the national championship game um, and was additionally an All-American there. Uh, he transferred there from Boise State. So getting a guy who uh, he had spent two years at Boise State, one year in JUCO, and has three years of eligibility remaining there. So <clears throat> that's the current state of USF men's basketball. They still need about a, about four more players. Uh, namely, they're probably really, really itching for an experienced center of some sort. Uh, currently, only one on the roster. They are recruiting one out of high school, but I'd imagine that their uh, coach Mir is, is firing off the hooks for a guy that's seven foot, 250, 260 pounds and can pound the paint uh, because they're they're very skinny right now, uh, to say the least. So, uh, but yeah, probably about an additional uh, former players. Uh, they'll probably finish out their roster. I'm hoping we'll hear everything get finalized here soon. I'm not sure exactly what the hangup on uh, the the staffing finalized and everything else, but I'm not going to question it because, frankly, they work under their own. Uh, they they march to their own drum at this point. No reason to question what USF Athletics is doing at this point. They're building an on-campus stadium. If I could slide into Michael Kelly's DMs and ask him why you know the staff is not finalized yet, I would. But he's got bigger fish to fry at this point. And, and yeah. frankly, you know, you're, you're maybe you're looking for the right person. So who really knows? Um, uh, I did see. Uh, let me know. Is this didn't Russell uh, Russell Chiwa uh, transfer yes. and, and actually commit to a a program? Yes, he did. He so there was an option for Russ to come back to USF. Uh, the door was open for him as well as a few other guys um, that I can't remember off the top of my head. But he ended up committing to Georgia today, this morning. Um, so he'll be working with Tom Green or not, not Tom Green, uh, Mike White. Yep. I, Very I strange. Almost messed that up. Um, not, so uh, not 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 the football player, the uh, mm-hmm. former UF men's basketball coach, who's related to Danny White. I know there off the top of my head, I can name four different Mike Whites. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a pretty standard. I mean, yeah, yeah. but they're like they're all like pseudo celebrities of some sort. Like it's it's weird. It's weird that it's like that's the name I could like if I said the word Mike White to like three different groups of people, all three of them. But I know a Mike White from Survivor, a Mike White from USF football, and a Mike White in college basketball. <laughs> as 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 uh, Heathy Poop says, the legend of White Mike grows once more. They then keep growing. Um, and then uh, flip it over to the other side of the uh, movement center there. Um, women's basketball is in full offseason mode as it uh, as it currently stands. Uh, sad news, Vito. Sad news. I don't like it. What's the news? We lost, we lost a, a very prized member of the USF women's basketball coaching staff. Mm. Um, I'm quite sad about it. Uh, Coach Yo, Coach Alicia. Um, which, by the way, I'm, I'm super happy for her. Every interaction that I've had with Coach Yo has been incredible. She is a, she is the most well deserving person for this. Uh, but she got hired to be the head coach at uh, South Alabama, uh, so the South Alabama oh. Jaguars. 
go USA. And that's the, is that the second coach on uh, Jose's staff that went on to get a head coaching job elsewhere? Yes. And not that's, even like, good. I mean, she was the, she was an assistant coach and recording recruiting coordinator. So she was like, and she's high up there, but she's not like an associate head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's pretty good for, that's, that's pretty good staff you're putting together with, uh, yeah, rip Mike mugs, uh, USA, the USF to US, USA pipeline is strong. Um, uh, but that's the sad news to, that's the big sad news. Um, she's just a gym. She was the one that started the USF women's basketball recruiting page. Um, you know, she's, she's an absolutely wonderful person. So I'm super happy that she gets to, uh, sh- uh, you know, stretch her wings and fly and, and lead a program there. Um, and then, uh, yeah. on top of, oh, go on. I was just gonna say, I mean, that, that, that's great. You know, when it's once it's like, okay. And when it's two, it's a, it's a trend. So now all of a sudden you can start bringing in some talent who can say, Hey, if I learn under Jose, I can go ahead and have my own career as a head coach. And that's, that's huge. And that's still, I mean, Jose sticking around with USF and building what he's built and continuing that building is just every year. There's something different that he's providing and just having now a coaching tree is another part of it. So. Yes, Excellent. that was That's the big thing bad. missing on his legacy was a coaching tree, and and boy howdy, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of those, de- uh, on top of that departure, uh, two additional departures to uh, speak of um, on the uh, player side of things: Bella Weary and Priscilla Williams uh, entered the transfer portal. I think that was it, actually. Um, those are only actually. two I recall. Yeah, um, so those two have departed, um, and then on top of that, uh, USF brought in. Uh, Romy Levy, I think is her name, mm, uh, the yep. transfer from Auburn, which was a very quick thing. It was like season over on like Friday. And then like she committed on like Tuesday or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a, uh, we've been working on this one for a little bit kind of a commitment. Um, let me see yep. this real quick. And uh, orig- originally from Israel, right? Played on the yeah, national she, team. Uh, I heard, uh, I heard is really nice there. Um, but yeah, so international, you know, it, it hit all the boxes that you would normally see. Um, from USF uh, recruiting international with a lot of international experience, uh, playing at a high level there, um, playing from a high program at uh, Auburn. So, and she got good minutes. She's coming off an ACL injury um, from the season before, but she's finally mm. kind of got her feet back under her, um, got some good minutes last year. And I'm double checking on the website that I use. Um, yes, uh, those were the only two departures so far. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Jose's t- yeah, Jose's uh, on the recruiting trail right now. Uh, he's looking at more uh, just based off of the offers going out. A lot of 24, 25s, and 26 kids uh, being offered, which means he probably has uh, the plans to fill the remaining scholarships uh, already in place. So we'll uh, we'll be on the lookout for uh, a Baybound Bowl here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jose, if you're listening and you want to have any announcements here on the uh, Daily Stampede Twitch feed, or the Bloom Naughty podcast, just uh, call Nate. Or uh, better yet, uh, Jose, if you've got some free time and you want to meet us out in uh, Barcelona or Madrid, uh, <laughs> or or Israel for that matter, uh, we'll be there. Uh, just hit me up. We'll uh, we'll get some beers together and smoke some cigars in the shook. That, that's great. And uh, strangely enough, when I was in Italy, I saw on uh, the Instagram feed that uh, Brian Gregory was out there as well. I almost shot him a DM and said, "Hey, coach." Meet me you, in you want to put the Pippa harness again? <laughs> yeah. Came really close, but then I went, you know what? That's not going to, that's not the greatest of idea. So as we, before we transition over, I had somebody ask and I'm going to bring it back up. Wow. It's all the way up here. What you drinking from my buddy, Jake. It's a mango high lie. 
first of its kind, or not first of its kind, the first time I'm trying this. Um, it's May. It's practically summer. Let's get a little fruit in your beer. As as I say, mango high lie. And I've got dead Absolute parrot. Fruitly. Which is we got lime, we got fruit. It's, it's fruit fruit in beer season, baby. Tasty. Fruit in beer season. Tasty um, indeed. God, I don't want to talk about this one. So, and I'm the only thing I'm going to bring up is as we transition to baseball. Since we last left our heroes, USF is two and nine. However, myself and Jake actually went to one of the wins versus UCF. So we're coming to the conclusion. He's the good luck charm and should go to every game from here on out (laughs) because not only did they go to that game, but that was a five home run smash out 14 to eight. It got got a little squirrely at the end there, but that was a very exciting game. However, the rest of the series have not been. So USF is two and nine in their last 11. Uh, They lost the series at Houston. Uh, They did get, they did get a win. Then for the midweek game, they got run ruled by UNF and the uh, Paige Teague classic. They lost the series to UCF, in which we went to the game and uh, watched the victory. But the other two games, they lost. They got run-ruled again in their midweek uh, clash with FGCU. So you got run-ruled by UNF and FGCU in back-to-back weeks. Then this past weekend, they got swept by Cincy. Um, it was a away series, but they were outscored 30-20. to 20. I just put a note that just says, when we left, USF was looking good. They were top three in the conference. But after that two and nine, they were 17 and 28 overall and six and nine in the AAC. No, don't say it. It's not nice. Uh, They're tied for fifth with uh, UCF and Tulane. Um, Surprisingly enough, ECU is third. Houston is second. And wait, Wichita State's first? They got that right? I think so, yeah. Yep. So strangely enough, uh, ECU looked really, really good. That's that is your your standings currently. Um, I I put to find out the number of runs given up in this past eleven games. And see, just put a lot. So it's not when you get get run ruled. When you get run ruled twice, actually, I think they got run ruled. I think four times overall because I got. I think they got run ruled at Houston, and I think they got run ruled. It's it's at Central Florida. Uh, yes. So yeah, that that last game was a eleven to one run rule. The FGCU game was fourteen to three, mm-hmm. and the ten to nothing oh, by score. UNF. <laughs> um, and it, yep. It, so it, that's three run rules. It's a shame because it, if you could take last year's team, which had phenomenal pitching, and bring it into this year's team which has phenomenal hitting, you'd have a great team. You, you'd have a team that's probably competing for, for a conference championship at this point and is playing a lot better. This team right now is slugging. Like This is one of the best hitting teams that I can remember from USF in a long time. They're, sometimes their hitting is not as timely. They, they've, they, they, they have been leaving quite a few uh, batters uh, on base. Uh, but overall they're, they're getting hits. Like they, this is not a team that's struggling to make contact like they were last year. You know, they're, they're, they're really just, the pitching is just not there right now. And it's a shame because I, I don't, I don't necessarily think 
and this is the optimist in me that you can really fault Billy Mole on this one. You know, you can recruit your ass off. You can bring in all this talent like you did last year where you had a Ryan Kirk ring and Jack Jasiak and a few other like just all-star guys. Then you bring in two top class pitchers as well. But then five of your top pitchers all leave to go to the MLB draft and all choose to go to the MLB. Mm -hmm. It's like, then of course you're throwing out rotational, like the, like hunt, like there, there seems to be a bug that's happening. This pitching staff right now. And I, I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessary to put uh, coach Billy Mull in the hot seat for, for not having pitchers because they got drafted to the MLB. Like, well, sure. At this point, you need to have enough depth behind them. That's that's the fault I can I can give them at this point is that the depth is just not there. I mean, they're throwing out true freshmen, Lawson Gailey, like twice a week. <laughs> like that's just not good. It's it's uh it it's tough because you your offense comes back and you know and you you end up seeing and uh, I, I'll get the notifications from the USF app and it's just like. You know, after the third, okay, they're up three to two, and it's like, oh, this looks good. After the six, they're down eleven to three. It's like, oh, and then you, you at the end, it's like, oh, it was eleven to six. It's like, okay, we keep trying. I mean, they're hitting two seventy two as an offense, but they're giving up two eighty six. Right. It's, it's just, it's hard to do that. Um, and 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 from season to season, and especially when you're, uh, you know, pitching uh, true freshmen, like you said. Um, and there's a lot of bright spots on offense. It's just, you know, getting that pitching staff. And it's like one thing then leads to the other, especially on a, on a weekend series when some guys right. can figure out. So, yeah, it just, it really stinks. They look like they were coming out strong in, um, in the beginning of conference play. And then it's just petering off. I'm just hoping they can go ahead and, um, get something going for tournament season and they don't go one, two barbecue, uh, right. the conference tournament. Maybe you get something going in Clearwater, but at, it's it just tough. You know, when you're getting run rude, <laughs> that's what's tough. So next up, they have Stetson on Tuesday. So let's see if they can write the ship here. And then they play at Memphis this weekend. So the, it, it, it's the ability's there to kind of turn it around. You played some tough squads, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as fun. Um, the, um, I'm going to have to double check, but I'm pretty sure. And again, I'm going to jinx this because Bull has continued to recruit at an elite level. And when I say an elite level, I'm not talking like American Athletic Conference elite. I'm talking like nationally, like top 20, um, you know, baseball and commits. So they're, they're doing fine on the recruiting track. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to check it real quick. Um, on the, on the website, because they, they historically have been recruiting well. They've been recruiting like top of the conference over the last couple of years as well. Um, and looking through their uh, their commit list that they currently have through Perfect Game, um, last year they were talking a lot about Eric Snow being one of those guys that they were really looking forward to, and he ended up being uh, you know obviously like a big time player for them. They have let me see. Just while one, you're doing that, jump in Eric yeah. Snow, Eric Snow right now three thirty one average nine forty seven OPS like he is. He he he's doing his job, five thirty four slugging. Um, I'll, I'll add up. I'm looking at these on GoUSFBulls.com, so sometimes those stats are not necessarily up to date. But Eric Snow has been a really nice surprise, and he's also been really good in the field too. So he's an elite player, <laughs> especially uh, on the offensive side. They have they have guys. We saw him smash five home runs pretty easily. Um, it just uh, 
get another round of uh, pitching recruiting and see what happens next year. Exactly. So they have seven pitchers committed in the class of 2023, one, two, three, four, five, and then five pitchers committed in the class of 2024. So they're, they're very clearly knowing where their, uh, some of their issues are. Um, I wish I could see, and I don't remember how to get to the rankings of the teams. Let's see if I can find that. Let's, uh, let's have some fun. Um, but yeah, so they're recruiting well still. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm slower to want to, uh, you know, fire a guy. I like when the writing is very much on the wall consistently, like that's when you can probably like start to make moves and and everything. But firing should be the last ditch effort to try to fix the program. And I don't think USF baseball is at the point where you can do that just yet. I think, I think you can probably, uh, afford to give them another year, see if there is, uh, you know, that consistency that you get, you know, a, a good pitching year, a good hitting year, and you put it together in year three kind of thing like they did uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but again, it's, it's not, my, it's not my decision. It's not our decision. Everyone can talk all, talk about it all they want on Twitter and everything like that. We're not the ones that are going to make the decision. And thank God we aren't. Uh, and I'll go ahead and add, cause I've seen this a lot. Um, you know, well, th- that one, th- that one super regional year was a fluke and it shouldn't count. Um, absolutely not that super regional year. <laughs> How often does USF go to super regional? Very rarely. And it happened in this head coach's tenure. Absolutely. That counts. That's going to give you a lot of leash. I'm not I, like, I, I know that that doesn't seem in, like good enough, but that's going to give you a lot of leash because that was an incredible ending to the year. That doesn't just magically happen out of nowhere. That is on the, the backs of recruiting and the backs of coaching. So uh, I, I think it's just a, like you mentioned, the, the way the MLB draft works sometimes can kill you because you, you can't then replace that guy if they decide to get drafted and go uh, to, to uh, do the minor league system as opposed to go, to go to school. And so you can't really, you know, judge that. So we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Hopefully it's, they could turn it around and I think I saw it here. Yep. It's likely, what have you done for me lately? So if you can go ahead and do something and get deep in the, into the um, conference tournament, then you can kind of see some full momentum going into next year. But otherwise, if they continue this, it's a, it's a tough ending to the year. Right. Uh, 44th uh, ranking wise uh, this year. And then 45th next year for class 2024. Um, so recruiting's uh, going well. And again, uh, just don't get just don't get one too barbecued in uh, clear water, and you'll be fine. Yeah, and I mean that forty four is out of three hundred ish schools. Yeah, something like that. That's that's not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Uh, let's let's get let's get to the good things. Good thing, Vito, hit me with a good thing. Softball actually has done very well. Last weekend we wouldn't have said that the same thing, but this weekend we are. So they are 30 and 22, 9 and 6 in the AAC. So they flipped the script on what baseball is. Um, they're third in the AAC behind uh, Wichita State and UCF, both are which very elite programs currently um, and unfortunately. So every other program in the conference is under 500. <laughs> so it's those three. And what's that meme? There, there's the good teams. So there's three good teams. There's a mile of crud, and then there's the rest of the conference. I'm just kidding. What is that from? Um, Moneyball. That's it. Uh, so since the last show, 
they had a doubleheader versus uh, Stetson, and they swept that midweek doubleheader 2-1 and then run rule 13-1. to uh, Then during that weekend, they got swept by UCF, who again is really good again. So uh, they lost 1-2, 1-3 in extras, and then 0-2. So that stinks. But this past weekend, they flipped the script completely and swept Memphis 5-0, 8-0, and 5-0. So they did not give up a single run the entire weekend. That is uh, not bad. Now, granted, Memphis is, Memphis is bad in softball. They only have eight wins and only two in conference. But great pr- gr- that gets you a forward momentum. You get the sweep that you needed to help you stay in, in, the, in the conference hunt. And uh, you, you needed to get that turnaround. So they didn't allow a single run, and they out-hit Memphis 23-10. to 10. Uh, Gabriella Nori won games one and three. And uh, Vivian Pond had a weekend. AEC Player of the Week. Uh, announced today. Uh, she slashed 714, 750, and 1.571, which is <laughs> nuts at the plate, while also tossing 4.1 shutout hitless innings in the circle. So uh, our very own o- Otani in softball over here had a weekend. That is incredible. 714. <laughs> um, Gabrielle Nori also got the AC honor roll. Like you didn't miss, like she didn't miss anything. Nope. <laughs> like, Actually, I'm gonna. Yeah, that's like that's that's wild. But that's like she didn't get on base off of one hit, basically. And <laughs> yeah, like that's ridiculous. Yep. Actually, Holy shit! I'm gonna pull up the stats real quick. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to go on, so like uh, that, and then being able to also pitch that well. That yeah. I, I will say this. So AAC softball, I think if you looked at how the pre uh, preseason like standings were and everything like that, and the coaches pull and everything like that, this was it, everyone was pretty much in the correct consensus on what was going to happen this year. It was that USF, UCF, and Wichita State were going to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else was just going to file in. And that's basically what's happened because I, I'm fairly positive. I mean, I, I know this for, for, for a fact at this point that Wichita state is probably going to host a regional this year. There's a good chance that the road to Omaha is either going to have to go through Oklahoma, Oklahoma state or Wichita state, which is just ridiculous for that state. Mm-hmm. Um, UCF is just pitching. They have one of the most elite pitchers uh, that they've had in recent years who just pitched a perfect game this past weekend. Um, so we've got that. And then USF who, is very, very good. Like this is not a bad USF program, but Wichita state's elite right now. And UCF is, if Wichita state wasn't here, it would obviously be the best there. Um, but I mean, to, to have your season be, you swept, um, ECU, you swept Tulsa, you got swept by Wichita, you got swept by UCF and then you swept <laughs> Memphis. If you like, that's, volatile at its best. And I love that. Absolute chaos by coach Ken. And I, I'm still in, still in shock that after, um, again, you have one of the best pitchers of all time graduate. You've pretty much held your own. And, you know, the pitching again with, with all the volatility, volatility has settled in against, um, you know, I, they're winning the games they should. And against the tougher teams, they're, they're struggling, but like those games against UCF, it's two, one, three, one, two, zero. Like you're not, the pitching's there. So, and they, they have three or four different girls that can go out there and pitch really, really well. So that's, what's amazing to me that they are able to, um, 
not replace, but you're able to transition away from Georgina Koric and do a, a really good job in the circle this year. Um, I'll also add for Vivian Pond that that was uh, five RBIs and two home runs over the, the weekend as well. So just that that's some slugging. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- uh, <laughs> that th- that is true. They really don't like being called Central Florida. Nope, don't call them Central Florida. Please don't. I really, I really wish we could like bake this team for like another year. Mm-hmm. Like keep keep everyone and like let it let it run it back next year because we're we'll, we'll I think Gabrielle Nori is going to graduate and be done. Um, Antoinette Hell is going to be done. Um, thank God. Uh, and I think Vivian Pond is a senior as well. They've got, they've got a weird amount of seniors, but like they're going to lose some, some gals mm-hmm. through attrition and everything. And like, this is a team that like, if they, if they baked in another year, this team would, would be competing right there with Wichita state. Yep. Um, but I, I'm curious to see how late off season goes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've got talent across the board. Like this, this team feels much more balanced than the team last year. Obviously the team last year was, was elite uh, record wise. You threw Georgina Cork in the circle. You got two RBIs, you win the game. Yeah, and that was all that team needed, and that's why they were successful. But this team is successful in a very different way, and it feels healthier. Like whenever I see softball win games, I see them. I see them getting different contributions from different players. Yeah, it's Kathy Garcia Soto has been incredible this year. Like Emma Humpling has has gotten has taken some strides this year. Vivian Pond is is Shohei Otani uh, in, in the circle. Like it's. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a healthy team. Uh, Marissa Trivel piece has been a great addition. Yes. Um, the good thing with the pitching staff is uh, like Peyton Dixon, true freshman. Uh, Jaden Martinez, who started, is a freshman. So there is some talent uh, uh, on the other underclassmen to hopefully carry over. And then you hope that they are also is some growth as well. So it, it's just good because before it just felt like Cork's going to pitch a jam and we'll just kind of figure it out. Now it's okay. Where the where the contributors going to come from? We're all going to work together, and they're really good in the field too. So it's a it, it's a, it's it's good to see that from the squad. Um, so hopefully they can close out strong. It looks like, yep. So we have our final um, conference series of the year um, at Houston this weekend. So that'll be a big one. Um, again, Houston, I don't know, man, a- a- every, I feel like every sport Houston's always, always like they're, this year they're below 500, but they're always, they're always a tough out in most, in most sports that we play. So um, it'll be good to be able to see what they can do uh, this weekend. And then they go into the AAC tournament at the USF softball stadium, um, May 11th through the 13th. So if you're around, you should go because um, the conference tournaments in baseball and softball are always super fun because you're playing a bunch of games and you get a ticket and you pretty much get to watch all the games that happen every day. It's always super exciting. It's a whole weekend. So if you're able to make it out, um, that that'll be an exciting time. So Houston this weekend, and then next weekend the conference tournament. So let's see what happens. Let's get it. Uh, so that that's it for softball. All right, Steve, you're more I- into it than this. What the heck happened with any both of our tennis programs the past two weeks, three weeks? <sighs> oh my god, sucks, man. Um, well, so the the funny thing about how USF's tennis schedule went this year was that. It, it got backloaded, especially in the conference play. It, their early conference play was against the weaker teams. And then to close out the year, they had the better teams at the end there. Um, so men's tennis, uh, who going into uh, conference or going into the last show that we did was like 12 and like nine or something like that, 12 and 10, um, and then lost every game they had left. Um, 
they lost to Tulane. They lost to Central Florida. They lost to Tulsa. And they lost to Central Florida again in the AAC um, tournament. So finished the year on a four-game losing streak, which sucks because this team was immensely, immensely talented. Um, but the the positive was that, uh, if I recall correctly, and I'm going to look on the website real quick, because if, if I'm correct on this, I'm a genius because I haven't looked at this yet. I'm pretty sure everyone comes back. I don't think they had a senior on the roster. Um, let me check. They did not have a senior on the roster. Thank God. Uh, because this team is, again, immensely t- talented. Uh, Eric Gravelius, Bruno Oliveira, and um, Dave, David Tortera, which I found out we were pronouncing his name wrong, and uh, Alvin Tortorica. Um, those are four guys that should just be absolutely your top four next year. They're they're going to feel the pain from this because this sucks. They they were literally lined up to go to the postseason, like teeing it up. They, they If they won one of those remaining games, one of those remaining matches, they absolutely would have made the postseason. But when you drop all four, you drop out of the top 64, and then you, you drop out of any sort of contention for that later on. So uh, really, really... In, and I'm saying this in the nicest way possible, a really disappointing into a year that should have been much more. But I, I don't think that this is going to be a damper. I, I think Ashley Fisher is probably going to reload a little bit too. Um, they, I think they have an additional scholarship to give too. So they'll they'll have a way to, um, to, to kind of bounce back from this well. But yeah, that not a great way to end the year. And then on the women's side of things, um, a, an up and down year for the most part from them. Um, kind of ended in a way that we expected. Uh, they ended the year 13 and nine. Um, they lost to uh, Memphis, then they lost to Central Florida, and then they had to face Memphis again in the conference tournament, and they lost again there. Um, I don't know what Memphis put in the water uh, over the last couple of weeks because they were, I think they went into the tournament with like two wins in the conference. And yeah, they, they were the six seed and USF was the three seed and they got trounced. Well, you yeah. know, tennis, uh, they lost four games to one. So uh, that's just, it's tough when you're the the higher seed and you look you, you about the first round like that. Uh, still, still a, a, a a better, a good season compared to last year. It just, like you said, it's always like, what have you done for me lately? Last year, they were able to, you know, steal a win against number one seed UCF. So it felt like a really good, good year, even though they're under 500 this year, they're over 500. They look good to start the year. They go on this losing streak and you lose in the first round. It's just not, it's not, it's, it, it it's a, it's a, it's a sour note at the end of what should have been, or what was a good year rather. Yeah. Again, it, a disappointing loss. And again, and I said it before the show, which I absolutely just jinxed them. Um, if 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 they they were both men's and women's tennis was uh, in line to um, go to the postseason had they won a game from when our last live show was to uh, this one so that sucks um, the kind of bright side of it is that you're still going to bring back your ace Sierra Barry is a true sophomore uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous to think about so you're bringing back your true ace. Um, Laura Pellissier and Margaret Timmermans are your two seniors that are out of eligibility. So um, those two are going to be done. There are three additional grad seniors that are still uh, with eligibility that are going to play next year. Um, so you still got that to look forward to, to kind of rebuild. But yeah, again, a, a disappointing into the year, but not one where you're going to make any changes from it. I, I think 
to get this team above 500 was a great step in the right direction. You know, next year, I think is the year that they're going to take the big next stride. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see Sierra Barry probably start the year ranked and, and really move her way into, uh, into the record books here at USF. Yeah, and both tennis teams ended in the top 60. Um, I know it's not where you want to be, but that's right on the fringe there. Uh, so, you know, move forward uh, next year, and I'm sure you'll add add a couple pieces as well and see um, what happens. Uh, just to put a cap on men's tennis, it just always felt like all season where it's like, okay, they'll get there, they'll get there, they'll get there. Losses kept piling on, and then they would get some good wins, and then all of a sudden you just go on this four-game losing streak, and it just puts you under 500. And we'll have to take, take a look because – I don't remember an Ashley Fisher squad being under 500 in recent memory. Anyway, it's been a long time. Yeah. So that's, that's always tough, but sometimes with the loss keep coming. And again, they lost to Tulane UCF and Tulsa and they're all in the top uh, you know, two lanes, 43 UCS, 57 Tulsa 56. That doesn't seem like a tie, but that's still very good out of 300 plus programs. So it's tough. So it's tough to lose in the first round. It's tough to lose your rival twice for men's tennis. My goodness. And both were hard fought matches. They both lost four to three and we were, you know, on the edge of our seats for both of them. So literally like going into like double tiebreaker in the last mm-hmm. set. Um, the last time they were under 500 was 2017. They went 10 and 16. So there's, oh, yeah, I do. Remember that, that, was, they, that was when they had the loaded schedule though. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So move on to, uh, I guess we'll go to more, uh, more disappointing in men's golf. Um, they wrapped up their season. They're finishing sixth place in the AAC championship. Um, they started out two under in the first round and just weren't able to keep it up. Uh, Sam Nicholson tied for 13th with the three over, three over par. Uh, Shubham Jaglin. I always say this wrong. Steve, how do you say it? What was it? Shubin, Shubin Jaglin? Shubham. Shubham Jaglin. Jaglin. Okay. I'm going to edit that out. No, I'm not. It's live. Can't, can't. And uh, Nino Pumpquist tied for 17th with uh, five over par. Uh, Houston, Cincy, SMU, UCF, and Memphis were ahead on the leaderboard. Um, USF did tie for first with three Eagles, though, which is to me is more impressive. That's hard. And they were 17 under on par fives. Also seems very hard. Par fives are very impossible. I'm bad at golf. Jake knows I'm bad at golf. It's terrible. So anyway, that's what happened. Um, the NCAA regionals will be announced on uh, Wednesday, this Wednesday. Um, so Stieg, is there a possibility? What, what, what do you think? I have to default to see what Derek Sharp said, because like the, the way that golf decides these things is very strange. Um, I'd imagine that they would have a chance that they would, but let me see what, uh, Derek said. I don't think he said anything. Um, like over the course of the season, they did very fairly well. It just feels like being middle of the pack in the and the conference tournament is a is is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, I I mean, I I, I truthfully don't know. I think Nino Palmquist has a chance to qualify as like a as like a solo participant. I because he had like a really solid year this year. I think he's ranked in like the top twenty uh, of international students as well. Um. So he might have a chance, um, but I don't know how they would be as a team. They they ended the year pretty hot aside from this. So I, I think anything is possible with golf. I, I don't know how they decide these things either. I'm going to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where it kind of escapes me because like there's no resume to like match things up with because you're kind of like comparing apples to oranges, how one team played on one field versus this other course halfway across the country. So we'll find out. 
Yep. We'll so, all find out together. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, I'm trying to. I, I love how that's always like. It's like, what does Derek Sharp say? We should get Derek Sharp on the show. Derek, Derek knows this shit. Like Derek, yeah. Derek is one of the smartest guys when it comes to knowing who's going to be like on the fringe, like mm. him. And uh, for anyone interested in softball, uh, Eric Lopez, uh, who's uh, formerly with the band, the Black and Gold Banner, right? I think actually, I think he's doing just softball now. He accurately predicted the entire field of 64. Who was hosting and who was going to each one last year for softball? Uh, it was incredible. He, he posted a graphic and like was like, "Yep, yeah, this is what it's going to be," and was right to a T. That, wow, that's incredible. I can't even. Yeah, um, that's actually right. There was a uh, transitioning a little bit to the uh, former uh, alumni. Chase Kepka had a hold one in the. Is it live or just or live live golf? Anyway, he had a. Holding one. That was pretty crazy. You don't see holding ones often. And again, impossible. Don't know how it does it. Is it a roach? No, it's like a moth. Okay. Too bad you don't have a cat. The cat would eat, you know, smack it. Babe, we need a cat. Yeah, I fully support it. We we are a cat blog here. A cat podcast fully. Um, I closed the door so the cat won't be on the camera. That happens a lot, as some of you know. Uh, go to the good stuff, Vito. What, what's, what's give me some good news? We're going to do women's golf. I, it's a theme that the women's teams are better than the men's teams in the in uh, this year, most years. Anyway, women's golf um, came in fifth place, uh, even par in the AC championships. Uh, junior Melanie Green, who's a wizard, finished fourth with five under par. Uh, her eighth top ten finish of the year, which is. I, um, yeah, eight, eight top 10 finishes. Incredible. Uh, Lauren Highland tied for 11th with, uh, finishing one under. So you had two in the top 11. Um, and what happened based on their very excellent year that they had this year, Steve, they, they did a thing. They won or the they, 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 or they got the, uh, NCAA at large for, uh, women's golf. They're going to the postseason, maybe. That's the one. And the, for this is the first time in 11 years that they get an NCAA tournament bid. So Erica Brennan, third year? Third year, yeah. Third year, got this program from where it was uh, to their first tournament bid in 11 years. That's pretty crazy. It's their 15th program. Uh, no way we're keeping her. Uh, stop saying that you and your Jenkson. Um, that's the 15th program regional, um, in USF history for them. Uh, so May 8th through the 10th next week at Palm Beach Gardens, uh, will be the regional. Uh, it's a 12 team field that includes this is gonna be tough number one LSU, number two Texas, and number three, the fighting Will Kennedy's Northwestern. Hell yeah, tough. Northwestern's good at women's golf too. How do they do it in the snow? Yeah. Uh, all the kudos to Coach Erica because, mm-hmm. again, an absolute grandstand on and and to, to to go up, face the mountain that was repairing USF women's golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it in the best way possible. Just an absolute advocate for the university, too. Uh, we are a big fan of Coach here at uh, the Daily Stampede um, and on the USF Roundup. Um, yeah. Fifth, uh, she- in her fifth full season. That's incredible. It's full season. Okay. So she, um, yeah, the, like COVID melted my brain with how time works. Um, there was a quote yeah. I pulled from uh, usfbulls.com. Brennan in her fifth full season said, USF's NCAA at large bid was the, uh, the ultimate validation for the way we try to do things, which is not the easy way. It's just, it's nice to finally have that, you know, 
it's it's a regional bid, but it's nice to be able to have that to be able to point to and say we're making progress and we're getting great players and we're able to do this. So looking forward to that regional. Hopefully that they can uh, make some noise, uh, make the first cut. Maybe you know, see what happens. But that's always good to see. I did want to. I did want to say this because I remember this so distinctly when we hired her. Um, and I was I'm, I'm half joking about the you know she is going to get pushed away from us. Um, but when Erica Brennan got hired, I remember so distinctly in our press conference. She said, "This is my dream job. This is a place right on the right on the tipping point tipping point of being successful. It's just a matter of connecting the dots." And I remember she said that. And I remember this was right around the time that I got brought on 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 um, the Daily Stampede. And I just remember Nate being like, "Good one, like no fucking way, like have have fun being here for a little bit. Like this ain't a dream job Um, to see it come kind of full circle for her. Like that is incredible to see. Who knew that connecting the dots means um, recruiting a an ace like Melanie Green? That that helps, Right. right? Um, just recruit recruit the best golfer in like the south in, in the northeast at the time it's easy and hiring who's the assistant coach who's super active on uh, dalton stevens dalton, yeah dalton stevens yeah the one that's really that sexy <laughs> he's, he's really too. sexy he's <laughs> really sexy <laughs> oh man but uh I shout out to coach. <laughs> that'd be great uh so shout out to coach brennan um just it's great to see that validation all right so we have a couple more sports. We're going to jump into sailing, which for those of you who have listened for the first time, we don't know much about. So we just kind of put what we think. All right. So the last time that we saw the last regatta that they were, wow, regatta, regatta that they uh, played in, they were 12th out of 12. Well, this time around, the past two regattas that they were in, uh, fifth out of 15 in the M- uh, Emily Wick women's regatta, regatta in New England, Connecticut. Uh, head of nationally ranked number 10 MIT and number 14 Tufts, AKA the nerds. Um, but that's not it last weekend in the S a I S a women's racing conference championships. They finished second in fleet racing and team racing, which means they get to, they qualified for the national championships, May 23 through 26th in New York. You finish second, you qualify for the national championships. See what happens? You just kind of figure it out the the whole regular season, and then you go to the national championships in the conference championships. I don't know what most of this means, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna love it. I love in the article that they write, and I want to talk to whoever writes them. They're saying like the weather was a crisp forty eight degrees, and the wind was at north northwest at fourteen knots, and I'm like, yes. Absolutely. I agree here. That was very, that was good knowledge for me to understand how they won this game match regatta. So again, one of these, th- one of the things we're going to do is I'm going to go, we're going to go to USF St. Pete and ask coach Jolly, can you teach us sailing, not physically sailing, just teach us like what any of this means. I'm going to show up in a pirate hat and uh, in full pirate garb and just uh, be an asshole the entire time. Yar, teach me sailing. Teach me the sail. Uh, I will um, say it seems like they have a lot of freshman phenom. Um, one of them is Emma, uh, Emma Shakespeare. Um, was on the. Oh, okay. So yeah, two freshmen, Emma Shakespeare and Janie Powell, and two sophomore Heidi Hicks and Sydney Monahan seem to be on uh, a uh, seem to be on a good team together, and um. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. So it's good to have, you know, a, a mix of upperclassmen 
and um, underclassmen and doing doing really well. Again, sailing. USF is a sailing school. And if you haven't, go to homefieldapparel.com and get the sailing shirt, national champions. Such a good shirt. Such a good shirt. If that's if that's what USF is like really known for, I'm I'm proud. I yeah, I mean, hilarious. What, what what name a more Tampa sport? I think it's I either, think uh, I think someone said fishing, but like, is there competitive fish? There probably is. There's com- competitive meat judging, so there's a lot of weird stuff. If you don't follow Sicko's committee, do it because every, at the end of every academic year, they say all of the like very like odd national champions national that everyone's winning. Yeah, and there's a lot of weird stuff in Texas, man. <laughs> I will say there was one this past weekend that uh, they not this past week. It was like two or three weekends ago. Um, the bowling, the women's bowling national championship happened and it was Vanderbilt, Arkansas state. And it was like, if I, if I'm recalling this correctly, it was Arkansas state's like 12th straight year in the national championship or something ridiculous like that. I was like, I, you couldn't pin a T on that. That would be so perfect as Arkansas state being like a, a nationally competitive, uh, women's bowling school. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna blow through uh, the track and field stuff because uh, to 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 name through all their accomplishments would be uh, quite a lot. Um, but we're gonna give the same kudos that we always do. Uh, track and field is very legitimate at USF now. Uh, this is a very legitimate program under Eric Jenkins. We can never say any any more good things about him. Uh, and to start it off, Romaine Beckford remains undefeated. They competed at the Penn Relays uh, over this past weekend. Penn Relays is a national uh, circuit, so this includes some big, big, big programs. Um, in fact, the uh, the guy that came in second was Ohio State's uh, was from Ohio State, and he was previously undefeated. Um, so uh, now we're starting in the outdoor uh, section of track and field. So the seasons was divided up in uh, indoor first, outdoor second. Romaine Beckford uh, wins uh, the pin relays for the second straight year in a row. Um, joining him uh, alongside uh, the championship side of things was the, oh, who was it? Um, the women's four by 200 won the four, or excuse me, the women's four by 200 won their meet as well at the pin relays. Uh, that was Nia Burton, uh, Chanel X Benjamin, Cannot remember uh, the first names of Peterson and Anderson, but they also won as well. And I'm looking at it. Um, let's see. Uh, Nia Robinson got second place in the women's long jump uh, at 6.44 meters. Kobe Babin got third in pole vault. Our mustache um, friend. Yeah, our, our, the guy, he looks like the guy from Candy Kirkland, and I will never let him leave it down. Um, and then Sonequa Walker got third uh, in the women's 400 meter uh, championship. Um, so this program is, is getting better and better as they continue onward and upward. Um, if you guys haven't been reading the USF, uh, cross country and track and field Twitter account posts, little, like get to know whomever's. And that's a really good indication of how well Eric Jenkins has been recruiting for, uh, for USF, uh, track and field. They're pulling in some really top notch athletes. Um, someone in the discord earlier asked, uh, you know, how are they stacking up when it comes to recruiting? There's no metrics. There's no like, ah, they got the number four pole vaulter in the state or something like that. Like usually at some point, if you're competing in in high school track and field, and at some point you probably want to meet. And if you're going to be playing in college, like no shit, sure. Like you probably want to meet at some point in your life. 
Um, but the people that they're bringing in, they, these are these legitimate competitors. These are really good athletes. And I think the next step for this program is to finally get good at distance running. Um, at some point, they got to start competing in the 5,000 meters. At some point, they got to start competing in cross country. They can't continuously come in last place in these events always. Uh, Steve, the, running running is hard. Running outside running long sucks. distance is hard, man. Running sucks. It's, Do not I, I don't, I'm not blaming any of these guys, but man, that cross country. It's funny because they're like they're 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 better. They're good in the relays and the short to mid distance, but when it comes to cross country, especially early in the season, you just see that it's just not. Um, it's not there. Just to transition real quick, um, there is the. Uh, so the AEC outdoor championships will happen May 12th through the 14th. Uh, and then from there, uh, there there's an NCAA East preliminary first before the outdoor championships, which are actually in Austin, Texas, apparently this season. Yes. Instead of Oregon. Very strange. I assumed yeah. Eugene had a stranglehold on that, but I guess that's technically more mid, not, <laughs> not mid, sorry, more uh, middle America to get to. Right. But yes. But I, the NCAA I, East prelim- preliminaries are May 24th. I think the reason why is I think uh, I think that stadium is out of construction. I think they're doing something there's because they also do all the stuff for like USA uh, track and field. So I, I, there's something else going on. I, I remember seeing that and I remember being like, that's not right. Um, but yeah, so they're the and barring um, poor results. Um, Romain should be competing for the national championship this year again, um, like he just did for the indoor. Um, but, you know, he's got to get there. He's got to compete. He knows it. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing uh, him compete uh, over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We did it an hour and an um, hour and two minutes, Vito. Yeah, that, that's actually incredible. We, we got through so many freaking sports. Okay, Steve, time for everyone's favorite segment, the fella and Bella of the week slash two weeks slash three weeks slash month. Who you got? So Bella of the week, uh, Melanie green has just been a- incredible. Um, that's the only way to describe how well she is at golf. I mean, she's, I, I believe they had her most recently ranked in the top 20 um, nationally for, for collegiate golf. If you're ranked in the top 20 to me, uh, that's good enough for mm-hmm. me. You know, who's your Bella? My Bella of the week is Vivian Pond. The, uh, for uh, getting the AAC player of the week in softball for, Pretty much only uh, uh, getting all of the hits that she had: two home runs, five RBIs, and also pitching scoreless, hitless innings against Memphis and doing her best Shohei Otani, Otani impression. I almost got it. I was more worried about the first name. Uh, so Vivian Vivian Pond is my Abella of the week. That is a huge honor and a great weekend for her. Hopefully, she can continue that uh, this weekend. Oh hell, um, I'm going to change my uh, my fella of the week slightly. Um, mostly because I, I mean, we're going to get praise for Romain Beckford forever at this point, but, uh, without, without fault on this one, um, I know the team is struggling, but Eric Stowe, um, has just continuously been, been a a consistent threat as a freshman here for USF baseball. Um, I can't recall his stat line off the top of my head, but had the team not got swept, he probably wouldn't have been on the AAC honor roll at the very least. If they won the series, they probably would have been, uh, they probably would have put him as the, uh, player. Um, do his lights out this past week against Cincinnati. He's been a consistent hitter for, uh, for USF and he's been, uh, there's, I think they've been calling it flurry every time he hits a home run. Um, but yeah, I just, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, he's great. He hits for average. He, uh, hits home runs 
he could steal bases. He does web like he is amazing in the field. He's got a couple web gems. One against one in the game that Jake and I saw. Um, he's great, and uh, as a true freshman, just coming in, starting, and being this elite, it. it yeah, I look forward to see what the rest of his career is because he is he's he's doing really really well. Uh, my fellow of the week is just Romain Beckford. I said this when we started early on in January. As long as he keeps undefeated, he's the fellow of the week. I mean, you he, not a single loss. Pretty much has every top five record in uh, in the in USF record books and won the pen relays. Let's see. Let's see how far he can go here because you have the AC Outdoor Championships, which is actually hosted at USF. Then NCAA East preliminaries, then the then the national championships. And if he continues this with what he's doing at the clip he's doing it, no reason he can't end the year undefeated. So my fellow of the week, Romaine Beckford. Hell yeah. We did it. Oh my right, gosh, Vito. we did it. Uh, five minutes in, we did it. And, uh, I, uh, you know, it's what we do best, baby. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we're not going to wait another three weeks for uh, the, the, the next time around. This is another edition of the USF Roundup. It's going to be May. Can't believe it's May already, Stieg. But we are we are coming towards the end of the academic and the athletic year. So that's all I got. Everybody have fun. Be safe. Stieg, send us off. Go Bulls. Go Bulls indeed. And for those of you who are graduating or attending graduation, congratulations, everybody. Graduating is a a good time. And uh, yeah, go Bulls. See ya.